Welcome back. We are in Revelation chapter 16, verse 7. Let's go. Verse 7 of chapter 16 of Revelation. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. So this is an, uh, another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty. So they are recognizing that God is Lord and that God is Almighty. The question for you is, do you recognize God as your Lord? Or do you make other things the Lord of your life? Your work, your money, your power, your position, uh, pornography, alcohol, drugs, pills. What is Lord of your life? If it's not Jesus Christ, and it's time to pray and invite Jesus into your life to become your Lord, your preeminent thought, your most important driving force in your life. And He will help you with anything that you need help with. And He is almighty. There is no question. He is truly mighty. He is in control. He is sovereign. So know that no matter what your situation that you're going through right now, that He is mighty, that He has a plan, that He has purpose. It's different than ours. It's better than ours. If we had our own plans, oh man, we would screw up this planet so quick. Oh, that's why we have, because the majority of us, uh, myself included, used to be ruled by self. And then I started to be ruled by God about oh, I don't know, 13 years ago now. And I let him rule my life and I trust in his sovereignty. But we were too many people run around and they're just little selves trying to elevate themselves and deny God. And it ends up destroying the planet with values, with corruption, with unforgiveness. Here it says, Even so, Lord Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. So they're recognizing that his judgments are true and righteous. God is truth. There are some true things in life. One and one is two. It always will be. One plus two will never be one. That will never happen. People in our world and in the city and state and country that I live in, are trying to change things. They say, no, you know what? The Bible doesn't apply to us. Even some people who say they love Jesus are trying to change the Bible. And they're like, no, you know, I don't really believe that part of the Bible because, you know, that wouldn't be fair. That's not loving. That's not what God would do. And so that's just not, you know, that was a bad translation. It shouldn't be there. Or it should mean this. It should mean blah, blah, blah. And they just start making stuff up. No, the Bible is 66 books written by 40 different people, penned by 40 different people, inspired by the Word of God, written by God. He just used men to pen it. And it can't be changed. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. But people today are trying to change the Bible and change what it looks like to follow Christ and have Christian values in light of their circumstances and their culture. They're trying to meet culture. They're trying to become lukewarm. They're trying to mix elements of secular society into Christianity so that it's not as confrontational and it's not judgmental and it's not, we won't be persecuted, just trying to fit in. We'll just love people but share the truth with them. And God's truth doesn't change. Open the Bible. The truth is the truth is the truth and it does not change. And there are people out there who say there are no such thing as absolutes. I, I didn't even believe it. I didn't understand this when I started learning about this years ago. And then I actually started listening to people, and people would use this as an argument. They're like, there is no truth. Well, 
how do you know? Well, it's just whatever you think is right and true. And I may think that something is right and true differently, and we can both be right. I'm like, how does that work? And they're like, well, there's, I was having a conversation with an atheist, and he said, well, there's just it's not possible that there's any absolutes. Like, there's no absolute. Things change, culture changes, people are different. And I was like, well, how confident in your statement are you? He's like, very confident. I'm like, are you positive that you're right? And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure, so... But you're not absolutely sure. You're absolutely sure. No, I'm I'm absolutely sure I'm right. So you just declared the truth. You declared that you're right and that you're absolutely right. So there are absolutes. And someone who says that there is not an absolute is making an absolute statement. So it's a self-defeating argument. Um, true and righteous are your judgments. He alone is able to judge. God. Uh, for God, vengeance is his, and that gives us solace to know that. His plans are higher than, than ours. His ways are better than ours. His mind is infinite. Ours, Our minds are finite. And if we try to understand a God with our finite mind, our mind will explode. But if we reject Jesus, then our souls will explode forever. We question truth. We recreate truth. We say there's no such thing as truth, and we you know, say it with absolute confidence. That demonstrates just how flawed and feeble-minded humans are. It's only through the Spirit that we can truly begin to understand. Once you invite Jesus into your life, He will fill you with the Holy Spirit, and He will begin to reveal things to you that you never understood before because you can't discern spiritual truths if you don't have Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, this is the fourth bowl. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given him to scorch men with fire. Verse 9, and men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has power over these plagues. And they did not repent and give him glory. So verse 8, and the fourth angel, so we are, here we have a fourth angel, literally, poured out his bowl. Remember, there were seven Seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, seven bowl judgments. We are on the fourth bowl judgment, and they're sequential. So the seals, then the trumpet, then the bowls. Whether there's overlapping of some of those um, is you, know, you can you can figure that out. For me, it's not incredibly uh, important at the moment. Uh, for me, they're going to play out as they play out. I'll be watching it from heaven because I'll have already passed away and uh, or been raptured. Um, so doesn't really matter to me. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. The sun was dimmed in Revelation eight twelve. We see. Let's read that. It says, "Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars. So a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night." So we saw that fourth. Um, trumpet judgment and 812 was a partial um, dimming of the sun but now we've got the full wrath right because the bull judgments are the full wrath of God and now instead of the sun being dimmed the sun's heat is being amplified and it will be crazy hot and they'll have nothing to drink but blood nothing to quench their thirst from the heat no fresh water showers to rinse the sweat off. 
so they will be incredibly stinky. So think about it. If the rivers, the seas, the lakes are all blood, all the fish life has died, there's not going to be any more rain because we get rain because water evaporates from lakes, rivers, seas into the air, into the sky, and then falls back to the earth as rain. And it's a rinse and repeat cycle. Well, that's not going to happen with blood. And so there's going to be no rain. Well, if there's no rain, the crops are going to fail. And it's probably not, you probably won't be able to take a boat through the um, rivers or oceans anymore because I think that most boats, I'm not an expert in boats, but most of them probably require some type of water or the coolness of water perhaps to cool their engines from overheating, etc., or the intake of it. Um, so I don't even know if uh, boats will be able to run anymore because it's just blood. People will be stinky. They can't take the showers. They'll be thirsty. They have nothing to drink or you're just some leftover freshwater supplies that will soon run out. How long this lasts? Some people say it can't last very long. So that's got to be towards the end of the Great Tribulation because people just won't be able to survive long if everything's blood. Um, so that is certainly one um, theory there and one very viable theory that this happens towards the end of the Great Tribulation. People are going to be grumpy because if they're stinky and they're thirsty and they're hungry, they're going to be grumpy and it's going to affect their relationships. So are you grumpy in your life? Have you been grumpy lately? If so, try to figure out what it is and ask God to help you with it because we don't want to be grumpy. No one likes to be grumpy. We may kind of take on that persona for a minute or have a little pity party, but let's not be grumpy. Let's ask for forgiveness. Let's ask God to forgive us. Let's ask our neighbor, our spouse to forgive us. Let's focus on joy and peace rather than being right, being grumpy, being bitter, harboring unforgiveness. Think about it. I encourage you to do it. I promise you it's one of the best things I've done in my life and just for coming closer to Jesus because he's taught me things as I've surrendered to him and asked forgiveness of other people um, for various situations. Then, so the heat would increase the decomposition of animals and it would cause them to be extra stinky, right? The stench would be absolutely unbearable. So it says, power was given to him to scorch men with fire and men were scorched with great heat and they blasphemed the name of God. So they blamed God for these things, which were supernatural. So they recognized that there was a God because if you're blaspheming God, then you're recognizing that he is God because he's doing these things. Otherwise, you wouldn't blaspheme. I wouldn't see that happen and say, dang you, Mickey Mouse. I can't believe you're doing this, Mickey Mouse. No, they're saying, oh, God, why are you doing this? So they're recognizing a God, but they're failing to bow to him. They're failing to make him their Lord and Savior, failing to make him preeminent in their lives, and they continue to reject him and blaspheme him. So the question for you is, are you doing the same thing? We may not be in that exact situation yet, but I promise you there's heat in your life at times. There's trying circumstances. And if you look around and you see yourself and your neighbor and the planet and the stars and the galaxies, you could know that that couldn't be created by itself. There must be a God who created it. And if there's a God who created it, then there, that we have to understand that that God would want to communicate with us and wouldn't want to main, remain silent. That wouldn't make sense. So we say, how does he communicate with us? How has he communicate with us? How does he? How will he? 
Well, he puts eternity in our hearts. He also gave us the ability to write and to read, and that is the Bible, and it's in virtually every language in the world. We certainly have access to it here in America, and if you're listening to this on a podcast, you have access to it. So, uh, stop reje- if you've rejected God, stop rejecting Him. Stop blaming Him. Stop saying, how could a loving God do this, and I'm not going to believe in Him, and start saying, how could God be so loving that He would take me, a sinner who's lied, stolen, yelled, been angry, murdered with hatred, murdered with anger, committed adultery, whether physically or mentally or on the internet or whatever it is, invite him into your life. But they here, they rejected his sovereignty and his plan, just like the majority of the world today. And just like the majority of people that, I believe, the majority of people who say they're Christians, but I see no fruit in their lives. They're like I used to be before I was 33. I'd say I was a Christian, but there was no Christian fruit in my life. Everything that was falling off of this old apple tree was oranges, and it was not uh, it was not the truth. So these unbelievers, the rejectors, just like today, they say still they think that their plan is better, that their way of life is more important than God's plan, that following the beast is better than following God. Even after the Israelites were delivered from Egyptian slavery, they still longed to be back there. They preferred some sort of physical, temporary satisfaction over trusting God's plan. How about you? What's in your life right now? might suggest entirely, or at least in that one area, that you're desiring temporary earthly satisfaction over trusting in God's plan and focusing on eternity. None of these people were willing to say mercy. So God won't show them any mercy because they're completely unrepentant and idolizing themselves, rejecting God and worshiping gods and idols that are false and temporal. I encourage you to confess, to mourn, and to repent. Jesus wants to come into your life. I want you to invite him in. And it says, They blaspheme the name of God who has power over these plagues. God is in control of these plagues. God is causing them. If you have the problem with that, how could he allow bad things to happen? There's purpose behind him. Ask the majority of people who love Jesus how they came to Christ. The majority of them, I think, the majority, certainly a large number, and it's probably the majority, will say, there was this terrible circumstance in my life. I was at a low, dark, sad, depressed place, cancer, death, illness, job loss, money, whatever, divorce. And I looked up and I saw God and I invited him into my life. There's power. There's power behind what we would call bad circumstances or misfortune. There's power and purpose in it. And the last part of verse 9 says, and they did not repent and give him glory. Repenting is so easy. And yet it is so difficult. Have you ever wanted to apologize to someone, but your pride just wouldn't let you because it would make you look weak or make you look like you lost? You lost that little battle, that little argument, and they're stronger and bigger. You're so determined to win that you're willing to lose a relationship. How is that a win? If you lose a friend, you lose the trust. This happens so many times in marriages. I'm saying... More divorces in the past six months than I ever remember in my adult life. Very sad. Surrender. Surrender and ask forgiveness. Do that with your spouse, with your neighbor, with your boss, your employee. Most importantly, do it with Jesus. Lord, 
soften our hearts, help us to know that the things of this world, that the shiny little object that lures us away, like a fish who sees a lure or a kid who sees that toy, we see toys in our life and we go after them, Lord, but help us to see the treasure, the true, true treasure that we are willing to give up everything to chase after, that we will give up our time, that we will shift how we use our time, that we will shift how we spend and give our money, that your values, your truth will be broadened, will be better understood by more. And we just thank you for being willing to work through little people like us. And yes, I'm a little person and you're a mighty God. And I pray that you would live through me and do all and, and remind me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me all of us today, but that we would use it for your glory. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions, so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is, so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.